0: Thank you, Lord, that as you know, through the Holy Spirit, you also led Gary into what you, he wants to bring to us today. We praise you because you are a God that wants us to hear what you have to say. May our ears be open to hear. May, um, if there's someone in this room that really needs to be centered on one specific thing, may they hear it and it will, and it will take place in their heart. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for this church, for our church family. And we thank you for Gary Bring the word. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Dawn. Okay, apologies to all those online. I'm going to disappear off the screen for a few seconds while I get up on the platform. I'll keep talking so you know I haven't left and gone home. Here we go. Yeah, no, I'm going to use this one. Thanks, Tegan. Tegan's looking after me. Here you go. I'll have this one. Nothing personal. <laughs> How is everybody? You're very quiet today. I can't believe that these things actually stop you from sounding appreciative or or happy or something. Anyway, look. Let's uh, look at the word. First of all, a um, a big thank you to Andrew and Melissa for turning me loose on their platform. <laughs> regrets? No, 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 no regrets. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and its timelessness and its impact and its power and its fire and its rebuke. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth as we look at it today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. That was pretty pathetic, amen, but anyway. Amen? amen. amen. That's better. Sweet. Okay, Romans 12, 1 and 2, oh, we're going to put it up on the screen, so we are going to read it. Together. Now, this is the amplified version, uh, so there's some extra words in brackets, because that's why they call it the amplified. They add more to try and help us understand or dig a bit deeper. Here we go. Let's all read it together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy holy. ...and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. It makes it a mouthful, doesn't it? But it also gives insight, so that's good. Hey, you know you're getting close to the end of January when you have to drag out the shirt you wore three weeks ago, right? (laughs) The colourful, what is it? Colourful January, loud shirt January. Uh, I haven't got that many loud ones. I've got some ridiculously loud shoes. But, hey, I wore this a few weeks ago, so if you're onto that, good on you. (laughs) Don't care. (laughs) Um, For many years, uh, Judith and I and our kids... Would travel to Queensland for holidays about Christmas time, and uh, that was like going back to Mecca because we came from there originally. Yeah. I can feel the love in the room. <laughs> um, so we would drive up there, and we had one of those old Mitsubishi L300s, L eight seaters. Remember those buses? Great, great. There were some rude names that people called them, but they were good. So we would head off. The kids would be asleep across, all padded up with blankets and pillows, and whatever else, and we would drive through the night. Judith and I would share the driving. Well, one year we got to Grafton and filled up there at about midnight or one o'clock, I forget what the time exactly was, but we filled up and obviously we'd picked up a dose of dirty petrol. So we kangarooed our way from there to um, Woodburn. It was Woodburn, so we got there a couple of hours later, which is ridiculous. Burp, 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 burp. Back again. It, it's a wonder it didn't wake the kids up. It was horrific. It seemed to go on all night, but a couple of hours of kangarooing like that, you start to worry about the car falling apart. So we got to Woodburn, parked at a service station in the morning. The fella came in to open up, and he was there by about seven. So we we think we've got a problem. So he crawled underneath and he looked at this. You have that first slide up? Thank you. Here it is. Anyone know what that is? It's a fuel filter. So he looked at it and says, yep, you got some blankety-blank, insert expletive here, in your fuel filter. So he replaced a little bit of plastic, which probably cost us about 4 or $5, and away we went running smooth the car was always intended to run smooth but because we had garbage in our fuel line we weren't running smooth we were feeling like we were some sort of big metal kangaroo it was horrible horrible so here's what it probably looked like before he replaced it see the one on the left that's a dirty fuel filter that's got garbage in it we use filters all the time you can pull that down now we don't want to look at a dirty filter for too long we might bring it back later, but right now, forget it. Um, we use filters all the time. This stupid thing is a filter, right? It's supposed to stop me spraying my germs over you and you vice versa. Uh, spectacles are filters, so it corrects what we're seeing. If we've got eyes that are a little bit on the dud side. Uh, AirPods and headphones. We've had some experiences which are fairly predictable at our place. I'll have the AirPods in listening to something... Or and Judith will be talking to me, not knowing I've got those in. And, and I'll see her lips moving and go, what? 80% of married life consists of saying, what, from another part of the house. Did you know that? What? So that's a filter too. Um, clothes filter out funny looks. <laughs> Shoes filter out stuff get into your feet. Thongs even. Yeah, go the thongs. A sunscreen, bandages, band-aids, phone blocking, so you don't get those annoying calls at dinner time at night trying to sell you something. Uh, Email rules, which you can set up so you can filter. Remember emails? Yeah, two or three people remember emails. Culture also is a huge filter, which can mess up our filter, how we perceive things, how we see things. Culture. We've been doing a Bible study with a couple of friends of ours. Four of us are doing a study, uh, and we were listening to a video by the Reverend Dr. Bernice A. King, who's the daughter of Martin Luther King Jr., who was, and she was five when her father was assassinated. So that's going to mess up your filter, aren't you, isn't it? Five years old, your dad gets assassinated. She said this, We are all raised in different cultural, national, and religious experiences. She also said this, and this has been said many times before, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, not vice versa. It's not us trying to be spiritual. We are intended to be spiritual beings. We're having a human experience, and that's where the problem lies. That's where the tension is in our experience of Jesus. Here's another couple of personal uh, filters that have global impact. The self-worth filter, I'm a loser. I'm beyond help. That can kill faith. It can filter how you see yourself and be destructive and unhelpful. There's this prayer filter. If it be thy will. I I read where Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, it will be done. Now, the key there is to ask in his name. You can't ask for indulgent junk in the name of Jesus, right? And also the just, just blessed. Come on, let's get specific. A filter can make all the difference to what you allow into your system, just like that petrol filter. And filters are there. You have them. If you've got damage in your life, if you had relationships that haven't been helpful, you've got a filter that is affected by that. So we would have to ask the obvious question, if I could turn back time. There you go. For those who are waiting for a rock quote. If I could find a way to take back those words that hurt you. Yeah, well, there's more than that we'd like to take back, correct? Could you, if you wanted to turn back time, if you could turn back time without sitting on a dirty big cannon like Sher did, right? How would you relive? What would you do better What relationships would you think through before you entered into them? Uh, And what else would you do with more thought and wisdom? So as Romans 12 just said to us, be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. Some of these things, uh, straight away, as soon as we accept Jesus as Lord of Lords and King of Kings and our personal Saviour, he starts to mess with you straight away. He starts to mess with your filters. He's given you a new filter, but there's still stuff running through it from our experience, from our life, that's going to mess it up and warp our perception of life generally. Second Kings chapter 5, there's a story about a man called Gehazi. He was like uh, the gopher for Elisha. You know what a gopher is? You, know, you go for this and you go for that. Run about, you know... ADC if you're in the military or whatever in the forces so Gehazi the story's about him that's a different story but the point is in 2nd Kings chapter 5 this leper called Naaman comes looking for Elisha to, to be healed now if you know the story Elijah didn't Elisha didn't even come to the door he just sent Naaman out who's uh, Gehazi out who said Uh, The boss says, just go and wash in the Jordan River seven times and you'll be healed. He was not impressed. He thought, look, we've got better rivers than this back home. I'm not going to do that stupid thing. But his advisor said, mate, you know, he's the man of God. Uh, if, If he was telling me to do that, I think I'd do it. So he goes and dips himself in the Jordan River seven times. An important number. And is healed. Now, straight away Naaman has a new filter because he goes back to Elisha and he says this. He returned to the man of God, he and all the people in his group and stood before him. He said, Behold, I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. So he's changed, he's changed horses straight away. He's going, bang. The God that did this, he's the real one. So I'm gonna serve him, I'm gonna follow him. And then he suddenly has a little conscience prick. Uh Uh-oh. So he says to Elisha, In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master, the king, goes into the house of his god, Rimon, to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow in the house of Rimon, when I bow down in the house of Rimon, may the Lord pardon your servant in this matter of attending the king when he worships. Elisha said to him, go in peace. In other words, don't worry about it. Straight away, a man impacted by God through his healing has a new conscience, a new filter. And he's going, whoa, hang on. This means if he's the real God, I can't be kneeling down in front of this other God, Rimon. So please, Elisha, what do you reckon? And he's going, nah, go in peace. It'll be okay. God understands. Suddenly there's a new filter. In 1979, Bob Dylan came out with his 19th album. He hadn't had a hit for three years. His first album since his encounter with Jesus. There you go. Bob Dylan, the prophet, the pot-smoking prophet and voice of the 60s and 70s, wrote this album. It was called Slow Train Coming. And he said these words, "'Gonna change my way of thinking.'" Make myself a different set of rules. Straight away he's going, well, I've got to adjust how I do life now. If I'm going to follow Jesus, if he's the real deal, it's going to mean a lot of change. Hence that slow train coming for the title. Anyway, if you haven't heard it, dig it up, download it, whatever you've got to do. Good stuff. If you can put up with his voice. <laughs> no, no, he, his voice isn't the greatest. But he's a poet. Friends, there will always be more to do to realign who we are and how we think with the matrix of God's kingdom, which we get to glimpse in his word and in other humble, reconstructed, refiltered followers of Jesus, King Jesus. Amen? It's true. It's there in the word. And we see it revealed in other people who are maybe walking closer with Jesus than you are yourself or I am myself. There are plenty of scriptures which call us to such a life. In Micah it says this, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Except to be just and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God in brackets, because this is the amplified, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. Ooh, ooh, that hurts. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance, and then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without without regard for God and his precepts. So talking about filters, a clean filter, or a filter messed up by our circumstances and damage that we may have gone through. Let's push the analogy a little bit further. If this is a vehicle, I've got to ask you, who's driving your car? If you're sitting at home, let me put it to you: who is driving? Your car. When the Spirit of Jesus controls our life, it says in the Word, He will produce this kind of fruit in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. It's His work. If He's got His hands on the steering wheel, or if you want to sing Jesus, you can drive my car. Okay, all the hippies in the room can go, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. When the Spirit of Jesus controls our life, he will produce that fruit in us. It's not our effort, it's him alive in us. So how many times have you come back to a point in your life and you face the same demon? The same crap that you were fighting years ago. Did you give up or did you go back again? We're going to sing a song in a moment which will be expressing something of the personal challenge that this means for all of us. The words say, Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. And that's an allusion to the story of Jericho, is it not? I thought by now they'd fall. How many times did they have to walk around the walls of Jericho? The worship team led the way and then the army was behind them and their CSM or their RSM or whoever it was that was calling the shots said, guess what, guys, we're going to march around these walls and they're going to fall down and we take the city from our enemies. So off they go. This is good, this is good. Singing the songs of Zion. Yeah, walls coming down. Yeah, yeah, baby. Walls coming down. Walls coming down. Walls coming down. No walls came down. Round they go again. Second time. Third time. Fourth time. People are going, this is embarrassing. I feel stupid. Darl, you better put me dinner in the oven. I'm going to be late. They didn't have phones, but you know what I mean. They would be feeling the pressure and maybe the embarrassment. Five times, six times, seven times, and down they came. I wonder if Shakespeare was thinking about this when in Henry V, which I hated as a kid. Anyone else hate Shakespeare and all this sort of junk? Yeah, boring. Now I find myself quoting it. (laughs) Bit ironic. In Henry V... He's saying this, and the allusion, again, is to a breach in the wall. It says this, Once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more. In peace, there's nothing so becomes a man as modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war blows in our ears, then imitate the action of the tiger. Stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood. So he's calling people to come back with full strength and tackle this once more to the breach, dear friends. Once more, stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood. The only filter we need to live the life of a Jesus follower is the one that is clean and free. Could you put the clean one up again? Thanks, down there. Yeah, clean filter, probably worth about four or five bucks, might be ten dollars now, but it's clean. What's in your filter? There's stuff there. We all have it. But the only filter we need to live is this clean, one that is clean and free of anything that warps our perception of God's truth and love. And if you read Romans 12 into the next verse, it says, and this is why so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. So this song we're about to sing is our prayer. It's your prayer. It's saying, yep, God, I know you're faithful. You've done this sort of stuff before. But here I am again on my knees. I'm saying... I thought these walls would have come down by now. I thought I've handled this rubbish. But you're faithful. You're faithful, God. So I invite you to sing it with us. Make it your prayer. And if you're sitting at home, sing along with us because it's not just a song. This is a prayer asking God to do it again.